while you're standing. Father, thank you tonight for who you are in our lives. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that we can count on you. Thank you that you never leave us alone. You're always with us. And so tonight, Father, we pray that, God, as we stand here before this, your people, that, God, you would just anoint my mouth. God, bring back to my remembrance everything that you have planted in me. God, use me. Anoint me for your will and for your glory. Give us what you have for us. And may we leave here encouraged and challenged to know who you are and what you are capable of doing, that nothing is too hard for you. So we thank you tonight, and we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're just grateful tonight to be here. I am so grateful. Uh, I don't know about you, but I look forward to being here every time the doors are open. Sometimes I get home on Sunday night and go like, oh, I got to wait till Monday, uh, Wednesday. See, I'm trying to get us in on Monday. <laughs> but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. And so uh, I'm just grateful. And I, I, I certainly give honor and glory to our Lord and Savior who is first in my life. Amen. Amen. And then to, to our pastors, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I am so grateful. When I think of our pastors, I, 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 I sometimes, and I'm just saying this, and, and, and don't, don't y'all think, oh, he's just talking like that because that's his brother. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I've been some places. And when you know and you know and you know that you have a pastor that's sent from God, you ought to be grateful. So, pastors, I love y'all. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. And I uh, thank God for my wife. Amen. I was messing with her today as we were driving over. I called her my, my world friend, wife and girlfriend. I mixed it in together because, you know what? Uh, I don't ever want to forget that girlfriend about her. She's my wife, but she's also my girlfriend. Hallelujah. My good thing. Hallelujah. So praise God for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. We're so grateful tonight. And, and if you can, if you can uh, open your Bibles, we want to get moving so we can uh, say what the Lord's given us to say and sit down. Um, we're going to be in a book, uh, it's called Lamentations, right after Jeremiah. Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. And we will be uh, reading verses 17 through 26, so that'll be our 
primary text tonight that we'll be looking at, and we will get to those, but uh, that's where we're at tonight, Lamentations. Hallelujah. You know, um, folks, we're, we're living in a time um, that in many ways is unprecedented. Uh, when we look around us and we see the things that are happening, the things are happening that we have never experienced. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, that uh, already they're talking about COVID is here to stay. They're already trying to say there's another vaccine. You need to get the vaccine there. They're already doing that. And, 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 and along with that, there's this fear factor. That's caused people to even now remain uh, 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 isolated. I read about a, a, a family, uh, two sisters, and who one of them took their son. Y'all might have read about it. And, and there was so much fear that they went and decided to live out on the grid. They moved out of where they were living, and they went and lived out in the field, and they died from malnutrition. They didn't know how to do it. They thought they could, they didn't want to be around people. There was so much fear and all of them died. People are jobless, homeless, and loveless. People are killing each other at an unprecedented rate and acts of violence. And many people are in a state of panic. Depression has set in, and, and, and in, in, really, in reality, we are in a state of chaos and affliction. And many, many, many people have lost all hope. Have you driven around and seen people on the side of the road? They, you can see that and we, we, if you get a chance to look at their eyes, they have lost hope. And so as we look tonight in Lamentations, and we're going to look at what the Lord has spoken through Jeremiah, uh, 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 I want to address this. I want to look at this, and we want to address this question. How do we have hope in the times of affliction? How do we have hope in the times of affliction? Now, now, this may not be for everybody because uh, 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 some of us, we, we have uh, maybe never had any affliction. Maybe everything in our life has been good. We've never had a moment of sorrow. No, no, no moments, no nights where we had to cry ourselves to sleep. Maybe that's you, and if so, praise God for you. But for the rest of us, who have been through some things and we want to be prepared in case the enemy acts up or God say, have you tried my servant? We want to know how to have hope in the times of our afflictions. Amen. So in Lamentations here, one of the things is uh, Jeremiah is lamenting or that word means crying in anguish over the suffering and afflictions of God's people. Even though he had prophesied it would happen because of their unrepentant sins. 
And so Jeremiah, y'all heard of him uh, called the weeping prophet. So Jeremiah is in deep mourning for God's people. And, 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 and so he describes the affliction of Israel that he sees in their eyes. I'll tell you, sometimes when I've looked at people on the road, it's almost like I can see things through their eyes. I can see their affliction. I can see their depression. I can see that they had lost hope. And so Jeremiah, even in the midst of his mourning, his despair, his anguish, his depression, Jeremiah began to see a dawning of hope. How many of us know that we need hope? So tonight, we want to really understand how do, we, how, how, how do we have hope in the times of our afflictions. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's look at uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 17. Reading from the New King James Version. It says this. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have gotten, I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and roaming the wormwood and the gall. Verse 20, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. I, 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 I look at these verses, and, I, and I, real quickly, I, I, I want to point out something. If you had a, a way to underline this in verse 17, uh, at the end of that, uh, uh, in the middle it says, far from peace. And in that next phrase it says, forgotten prosperity. Verse 18, he talks about uh, uh, his strength and his hope uh, uh, have perished from the Lord. We get down to verse 20. He says, my soul, my soul still remembers, and here it is, and sinks within me. When he's looking at things through their eyes, he understands that they are in a state of hopelessness. He understands that they are in a state of affliction. He understands that they are in a state of pain. And, and I'm, what here, I'm here to tell us tonight that, that, that even when, when we find ourselves, because the truth of the matter is, we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about our anguish. We, we don't talk about uh, 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 the, the rough times that we're going through. And, and, and so many times we keep silent about that because if I come to church and I tell somebody about it, they, they, they're going to look down on me and like, oh, you don't have enough faith. You're not trusting the Lord enough. How do we know that? Because y'all remember the story of Job, right? When his three boys came over, uh, 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 he, he was like probably glad to see him. Thought, oh, now I'm going to have some encouragement. But in reality, his boys got on his case. And I can only imagine that Job began to say, man, I wish they had stayed home. I wish I hadn't said nothing to them. Sometimes what we're going through can be very, very rough. 
And so the first point I want us to, to, to get here tonight uh, about how we can have hope in the times of our affliction is that we must cry out to God about our issues. You see, when you're going through, when you're going through, it, it doesn't do any good to, to get on the phone and go talk to somebody else who's going through it. Because then you'll find yourself, you're joined together in your misery. And there will be a, a no victory. There will be no triumph. There will be no encouragement. So when you find yourself going through something, hallelujah, you need to go to the Lord about it. Did you know that, that, that you can tell God about what you're going through? I mean, he already knows, right? But when you're going through something, uh, uh, Jeremiah was like, uh, uh, he says, uh, my soul has moved far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. Whew. Wow. Jeremiah cried out to God because he lost his peace. Here it is. Instead of peace, he was drowning in anxiety. Can any of us understand what Jeremiah was feeling? Anybody ever have faced any anxious times in their life? You, 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 you felt the burden, the weight of the anxiety in your life. You don't have to raise your hand, but I'll raise my hand. I have been there. When the weight of the anxiety was getting me down, I, I, I felt that. I, so I can understand what Jeremiah was saying. And here it is. Uh, 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 you and I must understand that even now. Now, 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 I know, I know us sanctified Holy Ghost filled people. Uh, 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 we, we know, we know Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, right, don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplications. Make your request known to the Lord and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But sometimes, if I'm truthful about it, if I'm honest about it, sometimes. That anxiety, that thing gets me down, it's weighing me down. Pastor talked tonight about uh, that debt. Uh, that's, that, that's a heavy weight. And, and, and let me tell you something, we, it, it, it can bring a lot of anxiety. In fact, if we were to go look, we wouldn't have to look too far back in history. We could do a quick search on the Internet, and we'll find people that have been so uh, 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 anxious about their debt that they've taken their own lives. They have jumped off of buildings, jumped off the bridges. They have killed themselves because it was so much. The problem is that they didn't know that they could go to God. We got to learn to cry out to God. We got to learn to do that. Uh, we got we to know that we should be able to shake it off and rest in peace uh, that Jesus said. Jesus said in, in, in John 14 and 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. We have to go to God because if we're going to have peace, we are only going to get it from him. We ain't going to get it from calling the California psychic. 
We're not going to get it from going down to, to talk to, to the local, uh, whoever, the, the psychiatrist. Now, I ain't nothing wrong with them. Ain't nothing wrong with psychologists. But I'm telling you that if we're going to have the peace that we need in our life, we got to go to the one who is the source of peace. That's what we got to do. So if we're honest, we've had some times in our lives, and, and perhaps even now, that the chaos that we live in, uh, even now, it's a problem. Uh, we can't seem to find peace no matter where we turn. Uh, uh, and, and we know Jeremiah cried out to God. He said not only did he lose his peace, but look what the next thing he, he lost his prosperity. If not having peace wasn't enough, Jeremiah cried out to God that he had forgotten what it was like to have any possessions or wealth or health. Things were so bad that Jeremiah said, I'm just, I, I, I'm not happy. I, 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 I have lost my very happiness. Uh, can, can any of us, can any of us sympathize with Jeremiah? Lord, my peace is gone. And on top of that, I lost my job. I can't pay my bills. I'm at the mercy of the government. I, I'm waiting on another help me check that's already been spent. Lord, I have lost my prosperity. I can't find no happiness. Why are you talking about being happy? You think I enjoy you coming around, you skipping and jumping? Uh, you think that's making me feel good? I'm, I'm going through it. That's what Jeremiah was saying. This is the word. This is not me. And, and, and then Jeremiah also cried out to God because here it is. He had lost his strength. Man, that's messed up. Not, not only your peace and your prosperity, but now I, I'm so depressed. I, I, I'm so messed up. I, 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 my strength is gone. I don't feel like I can take another step. My energy is zapped, and, and, and I, I don't even feel like getting out of bed. Anybody ever felt like that? We don't feel like getting dressed. We don't feel like talking to anybody. We don't want to see Facebook, Twitter, nor Snapchat. Just leave me alone. And if we're not careful, we'll add some words between leave me and alone. Because the weight will get to us. And so when, when, when we get to where we've lost our peace and prosperity and strength, we then find ourselves in the place where Jeremiah was. Jeremiah cried to the Lord that his very hope was dead. I ain't got no hope. I lost all of that, and now I ain't got no hope. Je Jeremiah wasn't feeling what David said in Psalm 9, 9 and 18, that uh, the hope of the poor shall not uh, uh, perish forever. He, 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 he wasn't feeling that. Uh, uh, you know why? Because guess what Jeremiah said? He said, my hope have perished from the Lord. It's dead. That's what I feel. 
I, I, it may not be true, but I feel like that. And then as I perused this, I saw something else. To make matters worse, Jeremiah found himself lost in his thoughts about his afflictions, about his homelessness. It made him sick to his soul. He was lost. Anybody ever been lost in your thoughts? Do you know that, 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 that the enemy comes to get us lost in our thoughts? Hallelujah. Y'all remember uh, uh, when we learned about the tourniquets on our soul? Uh, it is the devil getting us lost in our thoughts. He'll get us in a cycle of just thinking about the issue, just thinking about the problem. Why? Because because if he can get us in that cycle, we won't fall down on our knees and say, Lord, I need you. Is there anyone that felt like Jeremiah? Like you just can't seem to get a break. Like around every corner is another pit that uh, you fall into. Uh, 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 like every life road seems just to be out of your reach. I, I, I see it there, but I can't quite reach it. You've been weeping for more than a night. <laughs> you feel like you've had a month of nights and you're wondering when the joy of morning will come into your life. I hear people say that weeping may be endured for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm waiting on my joyous morning. But right now I feel lost. I feel like I have no hope. I see joy in your life. Well, where is it for me? If I've been down your road and stopped at your house with this, then here it is. All you need to do is cry out to the Lord about your issues. If you think back to the times when you're going through, uh, what did the devil try to do? He tried everything he could to keep you from going to the Lord about it. He had you looking up uh, uh, remedies. He had you doing research how to get out of that. He had you uh, talking to this person to try to get an idea about that. And you didn't go to the Lord because the devil is trying to block us. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to block us. He don't want you to go to the Lord about your issues. He, he'd rather for you uh, to get on Facebook and complain about your issues than for you to get on your knees and lay prostrate before the Lord whew, and tell him about your problems. Pastor, when we were growing up, they used to sing a song, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Hallelujah! He'll hear your cry. He'll answer by and by. Hallelujah. I found out that he will answer. David knew what it was like uh, to go through this. And, and in fact, if we look at uh, Psalm 34, uh, verse 17 through 19, we'll see that he cried out. He said, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Here it is. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but can I bless us? Can I bless us? When you get to where it says, but, it negates whatever's in front of it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of it all. How many of you glad for but God? Hallelujah. 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 Satan doesn't want us to cry out to the Lord. He wants us to concentrate on our issues, to let them burden us down, depress us. So we won't call out to God with our problems, but we're going to call out to God. Amen? All right, let's, let's look back at uh, Lamentations here. All right, he says, hallelujah. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. That's in verse 21. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. I, he says, therefore have I hope. Uh, 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 I know it looks bad. I know the issue is still there. But I called out to God. And I found out that when I called out to God, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost brought back to my remembrance. Same God then is the same God now. God brought me out before. He will bring me through at this time. Same God. Same God. In the face of affliction, there is great hope for God's salvation and rescue. Here it is. Uh, uh, we don't overcome uh, uh, the pain of our afflictions through positive thinking. Positive thinking. Do you know that if you think positive, think things, uh, 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 think of doves as you go along. Uh, 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 as you're walking along, think of gold coins. Positive thinking? Shut up. <laughs> but here's the other thing. We, we don't get through it by minimizing what we're going through. Because that's a trick of the devil. If I can minimize it away, then that says... I don't believe God can take care of it, so I'll just think it away. Guess what? When you wake up tomorrow, it's still there. It's still there. Uh, 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 and so, and so uh, uh, my, my second point is this. We must remember that God alone is our salvation. God alone is our salvation. Here it is. We don't do like uh, unbelievers. When we're going through it, we don't do like they do and. uh Turn to drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, and other wickedness to cope with what we're going through. That's, that's what they do. They drink it away until it shows back up. 
In other words, it didn't leave. You just in your mind thought it did, but it's still there. You can't sex it away. You can't smoke it away. You got to remember that God alone is the answer. We got to turn to the Lord. In the face of affliction, Jeremiah pointed uh, the people to the source of salvation. Why? Because God alone is our Savior. God alone is our rescuer. God alone is our deliverer. He's the one that delivers us from our suffering and our afflictions. There are three reasons we must turn to God for salvation and deliverance. Reason number one. In verse 22, we'll see that, that, that we'll, we'll see, we're going to see God's mercies and his compassions, right? It never ends. Look at verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, hey, they are new every morning. Jeremiah remembers God's great love, and he calls it mercy. We're not speaking of an ordinary love. This ain't an ordinary love. No, 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 no. This is not that kind of love. We are talking about a love that is surpassing. We're talking about a love that gathers. We're talking about a love that covers. We're talking about a love that never fails. In other words, nothing and nobody can exceed God's love. Uh, how do we know this? It's very simple. If we were to pull up John 3, 16, we'll re see it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here it is, for us. He did it for us. And, and then over in 1 John 3 and 1, we read, See what great love the Father has bestowed upon us his wretched and undone, undeserving, Christ-crucifying creations. Here it is, that we should be called the sons or children of God. Isn't that something? What great love he's bestowed upon us. I, I, and sometimes it stops me because I'm like, Lord, you still love me. Lord, I jacked up some things in my life. Lord, I know I rebelled against you. You know, but you forgot it. I think about it. You don't think about it. But, Lord, you know and you still love me. But what messes me up is this. It's messing me up because when I read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it's telling me that God chose me before the very foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. That means that God saw me before I was a twinkle in my parents' eyes. He saw that one day Warren was going to act right. He was going to accept me. But he also saw, oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. And he still loved me. I'm so glad that the Lord loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God loves the world. That's why he sent his only begotten son. And his love is never failing. Psalms 86.15 says this. 
But thou, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. That was a King James Version, right? The Lord loves us so much. His compassions or mercies never fail. Uh, uh, he offers everyone who follows him a fresh supply of mercy every day. I don't know if, if, if you're like me. There have been times in my life, not, not recently. There were times in my life when I go to bed and I say, Lord, do I at least have a little bit of mercy left for today? Aren't you glad for his mercy? No, 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 no. Seriously, we got to think about that. God's mercy covers us. And I'm so grateful for his new supply of mercy every day. All right, here's the second reason. The second reason is God is forever faithful. See, see, these are the reasons we ought to turn to God for salvation. Uh, he is forever faithful. In verse 23, God, great is your faithfulness. That means the Lord will not fail anyone who truly trusts in him. And, and, and so sometimes we go through life, we are enduring uh, the pain of afflictions. Here it is. God is always with us. He's always with us. David said this in Psalm 23 and 4. You all know it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In this life, sometimes we're going to have some valley-like experiences. Some of those experiences will feel like death's very shadow is following us. It's tracking us. But we don't have to fear because God is with us. He said he will be with us, right? He, he will lead us. He will guide us. Uh, uh, he will be our comfort and our strength. And, and, and then when we get through those experiences, we will have a testimony. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to God for the testimonies because the Bible tells us they overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So there will be a time we're going to go through things, but we will have a testimony. And at the end of that, all I can say is God has been good to me. How many of you know God has been good to you? Deuteronomy 7 and 9 tells us something. It says this, know therefore that the Lord thy God is God. He is God. The faithful God. Which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. You know, that ought to bless us to know that God is with us and, and he keeps his covenant. He is walking with us. He is covering us. We ought to be grateful that God is with us and his faithfulness, his love, his mercy for us never fails. Amen? That means that as believers, we can trust God's great faithfulness to us. Isn't it great to know that you can trust somebody? I hear people talk about, yeah. He, he's my ride or die. Okay. 
let something else come along and he'll be somebody else's ride or die. But I want to tell you that God will never leave us nor forsake us. I love the way we see it, the way Jude finishes his letter. You all know that. Jude, in, in, in Jude 24, he says this. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's who we serve, the one who is able to keep us, the one who will go with us, the one who carry us all the way through. Amen? Reason number three, here it is, from verse 24, Lamentations 3.24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, God is our inheritance. God is our inheritance. The very presence of God is our salvation. Do, do you understand that? That when, when, when we, wherever we go, God is with us. How else could he say that a, a, a thousand will fall by your side, 10,000 by your right side, but it won't come near you. That means that God is with you. When his angels encamp around about you, that means that God is with you. His very presence is our salvation. And, and, and so when we, uh, as believers, truly trust the Lord, he becomes our portion. In, in, the, in Hebrew, portions means inheritance. Even if we suffer excruciating pain, whether physical, emotional, psychological, God still remains our inheritance. Even if we are forsaken by everyone and are stripped of all our worldly possessions, we can still declare the Lord is still my portion. You can take it all from me. I I love the songwriter when he said, you can have the whole world. Just give me Jesus. He's with me. He will never leave me. In fact, in Hebrews 13 13 and 5, the Bible tells us, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But then it blessed me. We got over to Isaiah 43 and 2. Y'all got to see this. God said this, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers... They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And the Lord will strengthen us to walk through our afflictions. And he will deliver us from our afflictions. Hallelujah. And when we know what we know about the Lord, then we can say like the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, 38 and 39. I love this. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am rooted and grounded in him. You can't shake me away from him. No matter what I'm going through, I will not be moved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Paul wrote to Timothy about, uh, wrote to Timothy from a Roman prison where he knew his death was pending. He knew he was headed to a horrific death. But what he said in, in Timothy uh, uh, 1.12, it blessed me. He says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's go to the Lamentations 3.24. We're almost done. Verse 24, it says... The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Wait, wait, just a minute. Did a few verses back, he was all jacked up in his soul? What happened? Something changed. Somewhere in the middle, he called out to the Lord, something changed. When you cry out to the Lord, something changes. When you cry out to the Lord, he'll break that tourniquet on your soul. Now he says, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. My hope is in him. Verse 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. So if we're going to have hope in our afflictions, not only must we cry out to God about our issues, not only must we remember that God alone is our salvation, but here's my last point. We must also place our hope in him. Here it is. He can't be our hope unless we place our hope in him. In the face of their afflictions, their pain and suffering, Jeremiah encouraged the people of God to seek the Lord and his salvation. That's what he did. Uh, so we must place our hope in, in God. The Lord is good to all who truly place their hope in him. Look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 89, it'll be up there. Paul talking, he says something uh, that, that really blessed me because uh, when you're going through some stuff, you need a word, right? You need, you need a word to remind you. The apostle Paul who went through a lot, he says this, uh, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. There, there, there are things going around me. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But guess what? I'm not in despair. 
You can't shake me. I don't know what the government's going to do. I don't care what the government's going to do. I don't know what the housing's going to do. I don't care what the housing's going to do because my hope is in the Lord. I place my hope in him. That means I trust him. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken. Earlier, Pastor Kim talked about there, there, there's coming a time when it's going to be a, a harder, I believe, in this country when they are going to try to restrict us even gathering together. Y'all like, oh, this is America. I'm telling you, the devil is busy and he's loose. He is acting up, uh, 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 and we will be persecuted. I, I don't know about you, but some of us have already been persecuted. We've been persecuted on our jobs. We, we get in trouble for having the Bible on our desk where they can have uh, a Quran or whatever it is on their desk. Uh, uh, they can bring their, their nasty magazine and, and read it in the break room, but I can't read the Bible. Uh, they can go out for a 15-minute smoke break, but I can't stand there and read my Bible. Before I retired, I, I, I used to see people go out and take their 15-minute smoke breaks that lasted 45 minutes. I said, if they can take their cigarette out there, I can go out there with my Bible. If you're going to mess with me, you better mess with them. But they'll persecute me. You, 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 you out here reading your Bible. Yeah, I'm reading my Bible. I, I'm taking in something that's going to help me. They ain't. I, I got off the point here. Persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. In the middle of my persecution, I know that God is with me, right? He said he would never leave me nor forsake me, right? And he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. I love it because he said, my word is forever settled in heaven. Forever settled. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Here it is, here it is, here it is. I, I, it, it, it's going to come a day when, 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 when some, even in this country, will lose their life for the name of Christ. But if that day come and it comes to me, they might strike me down, but they can't destroy me. Because I'm a living soul. I'm already eternal. Guess what? I'm already seated with the Lord in heavenly places. You can't keep me down here. You can't mess me up because I know whom I belong to. In the midst of our suffering, we must wait on God's deliverance. It's not the time to be complaining, moaning, and groaning. Instead, we ought to do like Paul and Silas did. Y'all remember? When they were in prison, uh, they began to sing and praise God. Uh, uh, when they got their mind off their issues, off their situation, God delivered them. When we are going through, if we begin to praise him, praise our way through it, God will shake those things that are trying to hold us down. God will kick open those doors that they have closed in our face. Praise your way through. God delivered them. 
But then it blessed me because I thought of my three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Meshiel. Y'all know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were already captives in a strange land, but then they faced an unimaginable decision to bow down to a dead idol God or to stand up for the true and living God. To decide one way would put them in good standing with the king of Babylon. But to decide the other way would put them in good standing with the king of kings. You choose. Two roads. One to freedom. The other to the fiery furnace. But they decided to place their hope in God. They told King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, uh, King, we, we ain't even careful to answer you in this matter. Can, can I paraphrase? Go like, King, you are threatening us with the fiery furnace. You're telling us if we don't bow down, you're going to throw us in there. King, you don't know who we serve, but let us just tell you this. They said, you can throw us into the fire, but our God whom we serve, he is able. He is able to deliver us from the burning flames. And he will deliver us. But then they got big and bad. They said, but even if he don't, even if he chooses to leave us in the fire, we still won't bow. I'm here to tell you that sometimes we got to get big and bad before the devil and say, I ain't worried about you. I'm not worried about what you bring on me because I know that the God I serve, he will bring me through the fiery furnace. You can't stop me because the God I serve. You don't know who you're messing with. You think you're messing with me, but you are messing with the God who sits high and looks low. My hope, my hope is in him. My hope is, oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul said it like this. In Romans 8 and 18. Hallelujah. He says this. For I consider or reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Go ahead, take my house because I'm serving the Lord. Go ahead and take my car because I'm serving the Lord. You are not taking anything from me that ain't waiting on me even better than what I got here. The Bible tells me eyes haven't seen Ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has for those who what? Love him. God's got us covered. It might look bad. 
and feel bad, and it might even be bad. But hold on, because your change is on the way. We must keep our hope in God through our afflictions. How do we have hope in our afflictions? We must cry out to God about our issues. We must remember that God alone is our salvation. And we must place our hope in him. May God bless you. Come on and give God praise tonight. Come on and give God praise. Hallelujah.